let's pray, and um, we will we'll get started. Our Father God in heaven, Lord, we do thank you uh, for the day in which we, that you've given us, God. We thank you for who you are. We thank you for our brothers and sisters, our family here, that, that um, we are a weird group, but God, we, we come together for the, the, the purpose of hearing your word. Uh, God, we ask as we, uh, as we do come together today, as we do open your word, as we hear uh, uh, the, the message that we can um, hear your voice. Uh, God, we, we do want to know the, the, the reason uh, we have, or we're here, the, the purpose that we have for our lives. So God, um, today more than any, I mean, not that any other day is less important, but God, let us hear you. Let us hear you and let it be impactful um, so to not only right now, but for uh, the days to come. So we pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. Let's, uh, we're going to finish the, um, the identity series that we started a few weeks ago. Um, if you have that, that little, um, that little uh, bookmark, that blue bookmark, I'm, I'm hoping that you're using this. Um, we're going to finish the, the last part of, this, of it today, the I am significant. Um, and, and the way in which we're going to do this is just kind of like what we did last week. I'm going to reverse roles a little bit, but I'm going to change up some words, and uh, we're going to see what, what the Bible says. But um, when we talk about I am significant, I, I think it's important that we, we ask the word or the, the question that we really are asking and that, that people really ask all the time. Uh, I don't think that people walk around and ask, uh, you, know, am I, you know, am I significant or am I not significant? Most of the time, what people ask is, like, what's the purpose in my life? Or what's the purpose for life? And, and I, I, that's the question that, that I want to focus on today, in, because I think that, that if we're honest at one point or another, maybe you're sitting here right now and you've asked that question, or you're asking that question of, you know, what does the Bible say about how, how to find my purpose in life? Um, we'll, we'll talk about a few things today, and, and as we talk about the, the, these few things, um, we're going to talk about the, the, the clear purpose that, that you have for your life. Uh, I, I don't want to make this. Um, I don't want to make this complex. It, it doesn't have to be to be super complex. It doesn't have to be even deep. It has to be um, communicated well, and it's got to be accepted as true um, if we're going to answer that question in our lives. So um, my, my 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 prayer and my 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 um, plea for you is to <clears throat> be honest. And I've said this before: be honest with yourself. Be honest with your situation. Be honest with everything that's going on in your life and the questions in which you ask. Because if you're not going to be honest, especially when it comes to this, you're going to hear the answer and you're just going to throw it out. With, you know, you're going to throw the baby out with the bathwater. So what, what, what I want you to do is just listen. Listen to what it is that God's saying. If you get mad at me at any point during this, good. Um, but it's not me that you're getting mad at. It's not me that you're getting upset with. If I step on your toes, it's not, it's not me that, that's doing this. Um, this is the Spirit of God stirring something up inside of you. Uh, because I, I want to, uh, to kind of just bring back what we, we ended on last week um, real briefly, because I, I believe this, that, um, you know, Zechariah 4, 6, the, 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 the text that we ended on last week, it says that God's work will be done no matter what, um, but it's not by might nor by power, but by my Spirit, says the Lord. 
So when we're talking and, we're, and, and things are changing and things are stirring inside of you and, and you're identifying things and you're saying, well, I want my purpose to be this and I don't think it should be this. Here's the deal. Listen to God because it's God's spirit that is going to make things come uh, to pass. So um, submit to God's spirit. All right. With that introduction, here we go. The Bible is very clear. Very, 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 very clear as to what our purpose in life should be. Very clear. You don't have to wonder. I mean, the, the, a lot of people, that, that's, they, they, they wonder, what is my purpose? But the, the, the reason that um, the majority of, of people that you encounter um, in, in a daily life or, or on a weekly basis or whatever it may be, the, 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 the reason that the majority of people wonder so desperately about purpose in life is because they don't take the Bible as the authoritative word of God. If you don't look at the Bible as being God's word, then yes, you're going to go run through life being aimlessly uh, just wandering around trying to figure out what your purpose is. Because the one who created you is the one who gave you purpose. And if you don't believe that uh, God created you and you don't believe that he spoke to you, then how in the world are you going to figure out the purpose in your life? Everybody in here knows someone that has been, it's a family member, it's a friend, it's a colleague, whatever it may be. They went down a hundred different paths and done a million different things trying to find that thing that makes them them. That identity in which they're trying to, uh, to, to, to seek after. Well, what we have discussed over the, the course of these past few weeks is that that um, a sense of belonging, that desire which God has put inside of, of us to belong to something and to have a purpose is only filled by God. Now, once God, you fill that with God, does he do other things and does he use you for other things? Absolutely. But that God-shaped void that's inside of us has to be filled by God because if God does not fill the God-shaped void, you're going to be trying to shove a whole bunch of other things into it and it's not going to work. And the Bible is very clear, Old Testament and New Testament, about what our purpose is in life. <clears throat> so uh, I thought it would be uh, fun to, to do uh, just a little bit of a, of a walk uh, and, and give you um, a few examples of uh, where we under, how we understand our purpose. So um, I'm going to give you four examples, um, three from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament, <clears throat> of... Um, you know, how we find purpose and where purpose is and what this all looks like. So it's all, it's all these examples are all going to come together at the end and they're all going to come together and form this, um, all the pieces of this puzzle uh, because ultimately there's a, there's a problem in which we have and the problem in which we have is um, the, the way in which God designed it um, was shattered when, when, when sin came into the world, um, but God uh, fixed it and, and is fixes it through his son. So um, not to, to give you a spoiler alert, but that's where we're going to end up. I know, you know, it's like we're going to talk about Jesus or something today. Example number one, Solomon. Here, here's the deal. We, we talk about Solomon. Uh, Solomon was uh, the wisest man who ever lived. Uh, the Bible says that, that he's the wisest man that ever lived. Outside of Jesus, you know, Solomon was, he, some of you are like, well, wait a second, he had a whole bunch of wives and a whole bunch of concubines. Yeah, how, how smart could he have been? Um, well, here's the deal. Just because he's wise doesn't mean he makes all the right decisions. Uh, we, what we know about Solomon is that um, the Bible does say that he, is, he, he's, he was the wisest man, but it says um, also that um, 
Throughout his, his life, he discovered um, the futility of life. He, he discovered that if, um, if life was only lived for this world, things in the end are just, they don't really matter. It's just vain. Um, he, he comes to uh, the end of his life, and, and we see in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, um, his summation of what life should be. Because he, he went through life being the wisest man, seeking out a, 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 a bunch of different things, being let down here and let down there, and, and, and not finding his, the, the, the true purpose until it comes to the end of, of, of his life. And he writes this in Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 13. He says, The end of the matter, all has been heard. Fear God. And keep his commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every deed into judgment. With every secret thing. Whether good or evil. So what we have here. Solomon says that life is all about honoring God. Um, Not just honoring God. But honoring God with our thoughts. And our lives. Because if if we're not honoring God with our thoughts. You've heard me say this a billion times now. That if you're not honoring God with your thoughts, your actions aren't going to honor him either. Because the way in which you think determines the way in which you feel, and the way in which you feel determines the way in which you act, right? So we have to, and this is what Solomon is saying here, is we have to honor God with our thoughts, along with our lives, if we want our lives to, to honor him. And this is keeping his commandments. Just think about this. I mean, so he says that here that for, to, to fear God and to keep his commandments. How in the world are we going to keep his commandments if you don't think about them, right? You're not just going to wake up in the morning and all of a sudden be, oh, I'm, I'm keeping all God's commandments. Or, well, you have to be thinking about that. Your mind has to be engaged in, in all of this. And he says that honoring him is, is that um, uh, is important because one day we'll stand in judgment. Uh, I had this conversation with a, with a lady yesterday that, that um, and I had it with another gentleman, but uh, in particular, this, this, I had this conversation with this lady, like, well, do you, do you, what do you believe is going to happen when you, um, when you die? I mean, and, and that's uh, the, the reason that came up. I didn't just come out, you know, I didn't smack her upside the head with the Bible and say, do you know what's going to happen when you die? No, I wasn't one of those guys, but we were talking. She was talking about her, her brother who passed away um, tragically and everything. And, and it opened up the door to, to ask, like, what, what, what is it that you believe um, happens when you die? Um, and I just explained to her what the Bible says. The Bible says that we'll all stand judgment. So if the Bible is, is God's word and says that we're going to all stand judgment, so what, what is it that we need to do now so we're prepared to stand in, in judgment? Well, I think that that's what, what um, uh, Solomon gets to at the end of his life is that we need to fear God and, um, you know, keep his commandments. Because we're all going to have to give account for everything that we're doing. Everything. Not just some things, everything. So, part of, and I'm just going to say part of the purpose of life is to fear God and obey him. Part of, part of. So you can really uh, throw some of you guys off when we, uh, we, we, you're trying to fill out the, um, the, the back of the, the sermon notes, right? Because we haven't even got to those yet. <clears throat> some of you like, <sighs> scrapping it, scratching it out. So, so part of, of our purpose in life is to fear God and obey Him. So that we see that example in, um, in Solomon. 
The second example, I think, is just as important. We can see um, from uh, Solomon's dad. Who's Solomon's dad? David. David. Okay, it wasn't Jesus, right? And so we, we got it. Um, so Solomon's dad, King David, we, we see it in, in his life. Another part of purpose is um, uh, to have uh, or to see life, to see life on this earth in perspective. We, we have to see life in which we live in perspective. Now we're going to talk about the perspective in which we need to see it in. But um, we, we, have to, we have to view life. And I think too many times what happens is we let life happen and we're not viewing, and, uh, viewing it and we're not, we don't have a perspective about it. It's just like we're all reactionary. We're all reacting to life. No, we need to approach life and we need to have a perspective about it. And this is what um, uh, King David tells us uh, in Psalm uh, 17, verse 15. He says, as for me... I shall behold your face in righteousness. When I awake, I shall be satisfied with your likeness. What is he saying here? He's talking about, well, um, when uh, for him, that that full satisfaction, uh, you know, would come in the day when, when he awakes, when he awoke in the next life, when he's with Jesus, both beholding God's faith in fellowship and being like him. That's what 1 John tells us. That one day we'll be like Jesus. Once again restored. But what we understand here is the perspective in which David viewed life. David viewed life with a heavenly perspective. He, he, and that's not that we just kind of walk around. You've heard me say this. That we don't walk around with our head in the clouds and act like stuff doesn't happen. No, things are real. But what we have to understand is we have to have a perspective on life that this isn't the only life. If, if we face this life with the, 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 the thought and the perspective is this is as good as it gets, it's dismal at times, right? We have no hope. But what we have to do is we have to understand that we have to see uh, well, part, part of our purpose in life is to see that there's, there's a greater perspective out there. There's, a greater, uh, there, there's something greater that, that waits us. And the greater that waits us is when you put your faith in Jesus Christ and you close your eyes for the last time, that when you open them, you'll be with him. Yes, you're still going to stand in judgment. Yes, we still have to give an account of, of what it is that we, are, what we have done. But what, what you do in, in judgment at that point, if you're, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, is you just say, Jesus got me, and just slide on by. You don't have to, you don't have to like, well, hey, I did this good, and I did this good, and I gave this much, and I, I volunteered here, and I, I, I led this, and, and, and I read my Bible, and I pray. You don't have to stand there and convince God of everything. There, there's only one answer. Why should I let you into heaven? Because your son paid the price for me. That's how. That's why. I should be led into heaven. That's a perspective that, that King David had. Yet, granted, was King David way before Jesus came on scene? Yes, but he was looking forward to the Messiah coming. His faith was still in the Messiah that was going to come and was going to overcome what had fractured all of creation. That was the faith in which he had, this perspective on life that um, no matter how bad it, it, it got, that he, know, he knew that there was something way better awaiting me. 
Some of you are sitting here and you're like, yeah, that's me. I'm, I'm facing, I'm, I'm one of those times where David's like, God, where are you at? Because I'm in a dark place. Even in the, 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 the dark place. I love what it says in Psalm 139 that, 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 that God, you make even the darkness light. You make even the darkest places that I am in my life, you make them there as, as the day to you. Because he's there with you. The, the third example uh, that we get from Scripture talking about our purpose in life um, comes from a man that most people don't uh, probably haven't heard a lot. You, you probably read him quite often, but you don't know who he is. That's Asaph. Um, Asaph's one of the psalmists. He, 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 he wrote some, some psalms. Um, some people think, well, David wrote all the psalms. No, there, there are psalms that are written by other um, individuals, uh, and Asaph's one of them. Son of Berechiah, doesn't mean much to you, whatever, he was a Levite. So what we understand, though, is um, some of the, the heartfelt uh, realities that we can, we can glean from Asaph. Uh, one of the Psalms, Psalm uh, 73, and Psalm 73, what, what, what's taken place, and we, we're not going to read the whole Psalm just for sake of time, but in Psalm 73, Asaph's talking about um, how he was, he was tempted to envy the wicked. Um, and, and the reason he was tempted to, to envy the wicked, because the wicked, it seemed that they had no cares, and they, they were building up these large fortunes. Like, they didn't have any cares in life, and they were building these large fortunes. That doesn't, doesn't sound uh, similar, does it? No, no, we we don't, probably don't know anybody in our in, in our society that's like that. No, sometimes we can fall into that. I, I, don't raise your hands. I mean, you, you've you've watched the the lifestyles of the rich and famous, right? That was the big one when we were kids, right? Now it's the home makeover stuff and um, what's it? Pimp my crib or what, I don't know my million dollar cribs and. Yeah, all these other, I mean, we're, they're showing all these, these things, and there's times you, you might catch yourself envying that. Well, well what Asaph is talking about, he's, he's admitting there, he was tempted by this. He was tempted because not only were they building these large fortunes, they just seemed like they didn't have any cares in the world. But then, I love that, but then we see throughout the psalm that he considered their ultimate end. Because in contrast to what they sought after, the wicked were seeking after all of this material things. Note, material things in themselves aren't wicked. You've heard me say this a billion times. But being consumed by them, that is wicked. But here he's saying, watching the wicked seek after all of this stuff, he stated what really mattered to him. Look at Psalm 73, verse 25. Speaking to God, he asked this question, Whom have I in heaven but you? And there is nothing on earth that I desire besides you. Yeah, he, he was tempted with all of this stuff, but then he realized, wait a second, this is just stuff. Stuff is going to come, stuff's going to go. Should we enjoy it while we have it? Yeah, let's enjoy it, but let's not idolize it. Let's not worship it. Let's not build our identity upon it. That's going to come and that's going to go. People will come and people will go. Friends are going to come. Friends are going to go. But what we have to understand is our identity has to be rooted, just like it says here with Asaph, our identity has to be rooted in God because God never changes. That's the promise in which we can have. That's a promise in which we can stand firm on. So to Asaph... A relationship with God 
mattered above all else in life. So his relationship, that was was purposeful. It gave purpose to him. The fourth example, this is one from the, uh, the, the, the New Testament. So we just looked at three from the Old Testament. We're going to look at um, <clears throat> one from the, the, the New Testament. Uh, if you want to turn to Philippians chapter 3. In Philippians chapter 3, we're going to talk about the Apostle Paul. Because I, I think that, that as we talk about the Apostle Paul, we, we see um, his understanding of fearing God and obeying Him and um, his, his understanding of having a perspective that was not just wrapped up in this, this earth and in his perspective about a relationship with, um, with God, it brings clarity to, helps us to bring clarity to our purpose in life, I believe. Philippians chapter 3, verse 8. It says this. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. Okay, before this, you, what we have to understand is he just, Paul just got done giving his, his resume um, of, of why you should listen to him. Or, or if somebody was going to be the most righteous one to, uh, to, to give the, 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 or to have authority, it would be him. He has the pedigree. He has, it's the, the, the creme de la creme pedigree. I think I used that, 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 that term correctly. It was the top dog. He was the top dog here. He was the guy, I mean, no, no matter in, in, in any way, like if he had the, the right to, to do something religiously, he, he would be the one, you know, you'd look to him for, for that. But he says here, you know, well, in 7, he says, but whatever gain I had, I counted loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ. The righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Here what the Apostle Paul is saying, is that he's talked, he just gave us this understanding, he's talking about that everything that he had achieved religiously before being confronted with Christ, before he came to be a believer in Jesus Christ, all this religious stuff before that, because there's a, here's the deal. I, I know a lot of people who are very religious but have no relationship with Jesus. You can be very religious and no relationship. And this is the Apostle Paul. He was very religious, but he had no relationship. And he's saying, everything that I have achieved before this he concluded that it all was a, it was a pile of manure. I mean, I, I won't go into great detail, maybe, but, but, but rubbish? If you ever want to do a word study, look up scubala. In the original, it means a pile of manure, but very descriptive. And we'll move on. 
But he says, everything that, 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 that I've had religiously up to this, it, it's just a bunch of crap. That, that, that's all it is. Because none of that religiosity has anything to do with my relationship now with Jesus Christ. He says that, and we can see that Paul's purpose was a few things here in this text. His purpose was knowing Christ. He didn't care that he was a Hebrew of Hebrew. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He was one who that was a keeper of the law. He didn't care about any of that. He says that, no, I know Christ. And his purpose was knowing Christ and having a righteousness that was obtained through faith in him. A righteousness that was obtained through faith, not a righteousness that, that he did a bunch of good stuff and, and, and received as a, as a reward. No, a, a righteousness that was obtained through faith. Are there things that you're going to and we're going to encounter um, in, in our walk with Jesus Christ that we have to take by faith? Absolutely. Jesus rising from the dead... Jesus rising from the dead, it defies everything. It's outright preposterous, right? Well, wait a second, you can't say that in church. I'm just saying on, on, a, on, a, on a, a physical, logical sense. But that's where our faith is, that we believe that Jesus rose from the dead. That's why the Apostle Paul says that if, if, if Christ has not risen from the dead, all you do, everything's in vain. So yeah, some people are going to look at you and say, you get, you're kooky. You can't, you can't answer all the questions about the, the, the religion in which you have. No, I can't answer all the questions about the religion in which I have. But I can answer the question about the relationship in which I have with God. My faith is in Him. I believe that Jesus Christ rose from death. How did He do it? I don't know. We watched a video on Easter. The little kid said that they were, he was probably in there playing games and stuff. Throwing a party by himself. And then remember he, he said, I, I have done what I've come to done. Right? <laughs> that was the best. <laughs> now, Jesus did what he came to do. He conquered Satan, sin, and death. And this is what the Apostle Paul is saying. He's saying, all of this other stuff that I've done doesn't, doesn't amount to a hill of beans unless, this is, unless my relationship and my focus is on Jesus. My, my, my relationship is with him. Ultimately, it says that he was looking forward forward to the time that he can be part of the resurrection from the dead. He, he, he had the perspective that, that, that uh, um, King David had. That, that, that's a part of this understanding what it means and, and our purpose for life. Let's get into the, uh, the nuts and the bolts here. So I gave a whole lot of examples, and we talked a whole, you know, we covered a whole lot of context right here. But let's look at two main things. Let's look at a problem, and let's look at a solution. The problem being that when we're looking at what is our purpose in life, the problem is that our original purpose, the original purpose, the way in which God created us in the beginning, it was fourfold. All right? This isn't in your notes, but you can, you can write it down, whatever. Um, it was fourfold. The, the original purpose in life as God created man was, number one, glorify God and enjoy fellowship with him. Number two, have good relationships with others. Number three, work. <laughs> Work's not a result of the fall. Work. And number four, have dominion over the earth. 
In, in, in the original design in which God created man, he designed us to do this, to glorify him and enjoy him, to have relationship with others, to work and to have dominion over the, the earth. But, <laughs> big but, right? With sin entering into the world, with the fall of man, with what happened in, in the garden in Genesis 3, with man's fall into sin, fellowship with God was broken. Relationship with others was strained. Work becomes frustrating. And man struggled, number four, man struggled to maintain any resemblance of dominion over the earth was lost. So I, I, I think that, I mean, we, we see this problem. God created us to, to do this. But when sin entered into the world, it just jacked everything all up. Made a mess of everything. I mean, and if you look at that list, fellowship with God is broken. Yet some of, most of you in here would agree with that. And they, you understand that how um, God, or, or the, uh, you understand that, that sin fractured the relationship between God and man. You, you understand that, that fellowship, that, that in the beginning how it was created is now torn apart. We can see it all around us. I, maybe number two here, the, the, the relationships with others are strained. Maybe that's where it really hits you too. Is like, yeah, you got. I got to deal with him, Woo, buddy, or I got to deal with her. You know, she's uh, she's a handful. It's because of the fall. It's because of, the, uh, of sin entering entering into the world and disrupting the way in which God created us. Our identity has been shaken. Our identity is now uh, not what it was when when God created. The solution to this problem, and here's the thing, you have, to, you have to accept the problem. We have to accept the problem. If we don't accept the problem, how are we going to accept the solution? If somebody came up to me, and I'll, I don't know, I'll, I'll use something like, uh, here, here is a uh, brand, here's a, and that's probably a bad illustration, eh, whatever. Here's a new 50-inch TV. Here, here, here you go. Your, yours, is, uh, your, your, yours doesn't work. No, mine works fine. I'm, I'm, I'm watching it right now. Here, here you go. Well, there's no problem. I'm not believing your problem. So what, you're giving me something that I don't really need, right? Everybody's like, well, I can always use another 50-inch TV. Right? Maybe that's what I said. Maybe it's a bad illustration. But if you don't identify the problem, it being a problem, why are you going to accept the solution? Here's a better, here, here's a better illustration. Uh, Ray Comfort used, used this one. I heard him say that um, if you were on a plane, you were flying on a plane, and someone came up to you and handed you a parachute and said, here, put this on. Oh, oh, okay. Well, you just put it on. It'll make, you know, you'll feel comfortable. It'll be all right. Just, just put it on. It'll just, you know, uh, you know, everybody's doing it. Just, just put it on. Well, you'd probably put it on and you'd be sitting there and it probably would, would feel uncomfortable for it. And you're like, this is crazy. I'm just take this thing off. If the same guy came up to you and said, here, put, the, the plane is going down. Put this parachute on. You're going to put that parachute on, right? You're not going to take that parachute off. You have to accept the problem. To accept the solution, we have to accept the problem. And what is the solution? I'm glad you asked. Only by restoring fellowship with God through faith in Jesus Christ... That's a solution. Faith in Jesus Christ can our purpose in life be rediscovered. 
If we're looking for our purpose outside of Jesus, you're not going to find it. You're going to be searching aimlessly for the rest of your life. And I'm not trying to be a Debbie Downer. I'm just, hey, road sign. You want purpose in life? God gives us clear purpose in life. The purpose of man, and, and, and the, the reason I, I, I word it like this is because um, uh, in, in very, some very common and, and well-accepted catechisms, it, it asks the, the, the question, uh, what is the chief end of man? Uh, in other words, what's the, 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 the chief purpose of, uh, of man or end goal of, of man? Well, the purpose of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. At the end of the day, the reason that you're here, the reason that I'm here, your purpose in life is to glorify God. And not only glorify Him as if that's not enough, but enjoy Him as you're glorifying Him. This is, this is one of the, the, the most freeing things I, I believe that you can understand. Because it takes you out of the center of the world and puts Him there. It, it, it takes everything that you're trying to fill this void inside of you, and it puts God in the center, and, the, and you, can, you can have that, that peace. The Bible says the peace that, 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 that surpasses all of understanding. So the chief end for, for, for man is to, to glorify God, and not only to glorify Him, but to enjoy Him. I don't like cranky Christians. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it, it, it's, it stinks being around people. I'm a Christian. Okay. Sheesh. When they said just as I am, I don't think they meant that. <laughs> Some of you got it, right? No, we're to not only glorify God, but we're to enjoy him. Enjoy him. Enjoy what he has given us because of the blessings that he's bestowed upon us. We glorify God. I know you're asking this. How do we glorify God? Well, I'm glad, again, you asked. We glorify God by fearing and obeying him. Fearing God does not mean that we're waiting for a lightning bolt to come down and zip, you know, on the backside when we do something wrong. That's not fearing God. Fearing God is, is, is um, standing in his awesome presence, his reverence, identifying he is the creator of the world. That's fearing God. Accepting that he's got everything under control. But it's not just fearing him, it's obeying him. Because you fear him, why would you not obey him? Think about that for a second. If you say, yes, I'm, I'm a God-fearing man, but you're not obeying him, do you really fear him? It, it, it just doesn't make sense. You can't say, I fear God and not obey what he says. That would be like Gabe, bad illustration. I'm full of bad illustrations today. That would be like Gabe saying, yes, I fear daddy's uh, punishment, but then he's going to go do exactly the opposite of what I told him to do. Just doesn't make any sense, right? In the same sense, okay, so understanding that the fear in God is not huddling down, it's, it's seeing him for who he is, the creator of, of all, the sustainer of life. And, and as a sustainer of life saying, okay, I'm going to obey you because you got things put together and my way doesn't seem to be working. 
We glorify God by keeping our eyes on our future home in heaven. We've seen that from what David said. We glorify God by keeping our eyes on our future home that's in heaven. Now again, that's not just acting like nothing's going on here. No, it's no matter what bad goes on here, just, it doesn't compare to the glory that, that, that awaits us. So what Paul says in Romans 8, these sufferings and everything that have taken place here, they, they, they pale in comparison to, to the, 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 the awesomeness that is on the other side. Should we live for tomorrow? We should live with a perspective for our, our future home because it, it's just like anything else. If you're excited to go to a restaurant, you're going to tell everybody that, hey, you need to go to this restaurant. You need to try this out. If you're excited to spend eternity in the presence of God in heaven, well, why wouldn't you want to tell other people about that? The third one, we glorify God by knowing Him intimately. Our relationship with God is much like a relation, any relationship we have in our, our life. It, it takes work. It doesn't just happen. It takes our engagement. It takes our effort. Is God moving? Is he going? Is, remember we talked about like God's not playing hide and go seek. We got to like try to, is he under here? Is he around? No, he, he hasn't moved. We need to seek him out. And we need to, 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 to learn more about him and to enjoy him and have an intimate relationship with him. So how do we enjoy God? We enjoy God by following his purpose for our life. Wait a second. What is our purpose for our life? To glorify him. So if we're glorifying him and we're enjoying him while we're glorifying him, which it comes back to that saying that I talk about John Piper all the time, God is most glorified in you, in us, when we're most satisfied in him. So when we're, we're glorifying God, we're enjoying Him, He wants us to enjoy Him, which enables us to experience true and lasting joy, the abundant life that He desires for us. We started out this series with John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy, but I've come to give life and life abundantly. This abundant life in which Jesus is talking about in John 10, 10, is the life that, 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 that yes, it awaits us, but the life that we can have right now as we're enjoying Him. So we don't have to be cranky Christians. So we'll end with hopefully the answer to your question. Hopefully now you can say, I know what my purpose is in life. I just want to do it better now. I want to glorify God. I know that that's what he put me here to do. I'm going to glorify him in the way in which I love my, my wife or the way in which I love my, my husband or the way in which I love my kids or the way in which I, 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 I live my or work my job or the way, whatever. You can glorify God in every aspect. 1 Corinthians 10, 31, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do what? Do all for the glory of God. All for the glory of God. Let's pray. Our Father God, we, uh, we do thank you. Uh, God, we ask as we have um, clearly seen what our purpose is in life. Our, it clearly seen it, uh, that our purpose is to glorify you. Yeah, that, that it's, sometimes we, we get things all jacked up, but we need to just come back to the center and say, okay, I need to glorify God. Am I glorifying God in this situation? And then start from there, because God, at the end of the day, that's what... 
that, that's what you want from us. That's what you, you, you desire from us is just for us to, to show your glory. Lord, uh, let your, your, your grace just abound in us. God, let us as we um, uh, get ready to sing a couple of songs, just reflect on everything. But God, let us take a stand and say, I'm going to glorify God in everything I do. But I'm going to do it in a way that's not just superficial. I want to be true about it because I do believe that there's a problem and the only solution is Jesus. So Jesus, it's in your name that we pray. Amen.